hi everybody and welcome to um what is this a sort of kings of anglia podcast stroke video stroke vlogcast whatever they call them these days it's a it's another it's switch town favorite 11 now i started this little feature last week it's gone very people love it it's love it and, and i'm very thrilled thrilled to be joined this week by well call him a fellow king, a fellow friend, a fellow colleague, um, a man who, well, he knows he's Ipswich Town. So this is going to be really interesting to find out this man's favourite ever town 11. It's Mr. Andy Warren. Andy, how are you, sir? The end of the football season's finished. So now we've got time to do nice little things like this. It's good, isn't it? I'm, I'm looking forward to doing this. It's not, it's not often I get to talk about it, the times that I've enjoyed supporting Ipswich Town in my in my youth um without giving away too much of the identity of the team that I've picked a lot of it comes from that rather than my years reporting on them so I'm quite quite excited by this now now Andy I did the first one last week and I don't think everybody read the title because (laughs) I I said it's my favorite 11 to which I've been ridiculed I've had emails, I've had texts, I've had Twitter comments, I've had, why wasn't Beatty in it? Why wasn't Muren in it? Why wasn't Type in it? It's my favourite, not my best. Now, this is the thing, isn't it, Andy? It's the favourite team. So, look, it's it, look. everybody's listening and, and, and watching this. It's favourite teams, which is a little bit different from my best teams. If I went to my best team, obviously, it would have been the, almost the 81 team. But that's gone now. We're, we're with Mr Andy Warren now. And so, now, Andy, so look, a little bit of background then, my friend. I mean, obviously, people know you as the man who scribes uh, uh, for for, our, uh, for us here at uh, Archip and the East Anglian, Ipswich Star, um, current town games. So, but you, you've watched them long before you started writing about them. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm born in Ipswich, grew up in Ipswich. I'll be honest, there were some some brief flirtations with other teams as a very small child. I think every young kid had a someone pushing them to support Man United briefly, which I, to my shame, had a, a few little dabbles with in my very young years. My dad is a West Ham fan and followed them a lot. So I uh, watched quite a lot of them, but quite early on, went at primary school settled on Ipswich Town and um, yeah, was a season ticket holder through from 1997, I want to say, until I went to university in 2005. Um, so I had a season ticket all the way through there and then, um, yeah, ended up doing this roundabout way from uh, after following some other teams for work, ended up doing, doing this job. So Ipswich is the team I definitely very much supported as a as a lad and was very lucky with the uh with the particular teams that I got to I got to follow so there you are folks there's a little bio on Mr Andy Warren you see this is not a man who just writes he's not a man who gives three out of ten he doesn't do it just for the sake of it you know guys I mean this hurts when he has to give a three out of ten this is not a not something he does with great pleasure when he's his finger hangs over the number two or the three or the four on his keyboard what is he going to press for for a match rating player um, you know, this is a man who knows he, he loves his Ipswich Town. So anyway, well, look, well, there's a little induction to Andy Warren and Ipswich Town. So now we get into the now we get to the nitty gritty, Andy. So I'm going to leave you just to we'll go a bit by bit. We'll, we'll tell us a little bit about your formation, a little bit of your thoughts behind the team as a whole. And then perhaps we can start with the goalkeeper. OK, you want my philosophy. That's what you want here. This, I, I, and- if I could if I could spell it, I would have used that word. But I've got to type <laughs> it as well, you see. Right. Philosophy. Put a lot of thought into this. Um I've probably done about 10 to 12 drafts of this team. I've changed formation four times. But ultimately, for my own amusement, 
I've settled on Ipswich Town's current formation and tried to fit them into that. Um, because this isn't the first time Town have played played three at the back. Um, you know, it, Burley, Burley did it. it has, it's happened plenty of times. But I thought I'd go 3-4-3. Three, three. Um, I'll be honest, when we get to the strikers, it doesn't quite fit into what Kieran McKenna was doing. But I've just named three strikers that I really liked. That's the bit of the team I found really difficult. Um, but, yeah, I actually think it's quite a good team, ultimately. It, this is my favourite team, as you said. It's not... This isn't the best 11 players that I think have played for Ipswich. It's my favourite. And um, but I think they'd do all right. But a competitive team, Andy. Which is yeah, definitely. A competitive team. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Well, that's, that's excellent. So look, so right. So, we, we, so well, obviously we start with the goalkeeper, Andy. I mean, obviously that's where, that's where we all start. Now, you've obviously seen a, few, seen a few goalkeepers in your time. So where, where are we at with this then, Andy? I love goalkeepers, Mike. Um, mm. Yes, I am five foot seven. But in my youth... <laughs> I was, you were five foot nine. Yeah, no, I, was, I used to be six four, um, but in my youth, I was quite a promising goalkeeper. Mike, I was I was reasonably good. Um, I always love goalkeeper, and that is the the area of all football teams that I enjoy talking about the most. So, can you indulge that some goalkeeper chat? Right, for, for my starting spot, there were two serious contenders here, and a couple of wild cards. Um, the two serious. The, let's go wild cards first, shall we? Yes. Um, favorite, I love. I loved Matteo Sereni, the the Italian, and I, I loved him because he was flamboyant, um, he was erratic, and he was fun. Um, I loved the way he kicked the ball, which was, if you remember, he kind of chucked it up in the air and almost kind of like side kicked it. Yeah. It was it was an odd an odd approach. I loved it when he dyed his hair blonde. Um, I loved it when we didn't know whether he would be turning up for pre-season training once they'd been relegated to Division 1. Um, yeah, so he's had his issues off the pitch since since his, his, he's finished, but he, he didn't make the team. Um, I loved Neil Alexander, who was only oh. at Ipswich for six months, um, but made a habit of saving penalties every week, it seemed. I loved him, but it ultimately came down to a choice of two, and it's probably the obvious two for the era that I watched town. So... Um, oh, and I must also mention Bart at this point as well. He 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 would have been on the long list, as I think in a few more years, Christian Walton probably would be. But it came down to Richard Wright and Kelvin Davis for me. Now, Kelvin Davis, I thought was a brilliant goalkeeper. His kicking was outstanding. I think he could, I think he could hold his own in the modern the modern game in terms of goalkeeping. I thought thought he was brilliant, but but it has it's got to be Richard Wright. The, the local boy. And I've got some props for no. this. Wow. This wow. is holding up my yellow Ipswich Town goalkeeper kit in wow. large large boy, which was, uh, this was from the large, 99. Large, large boy size. Boy. It doesn't fit now. There's a reason I'm holding it up, Mike, and not wearing uh, it. That's I what see. the sizing used to be though, wasn't it? Large it boys, it yes. was called. Wouldn't yeah. do that now. Wouldn't do um, that now. But yeah, I loved this kit as well. And what I really loved was... They had a second version of this that I think he only wore once or twice, but the colours were inverted. So it was black, but with yellow where all the black is on this kit. And I loved that. So uh, Richard Wright gets my starting spot because he is the first goalkeeper that I really loved watching. When I used to play in goal myself, I used to I used to mimic him in the way that his mouth hung up. Do you remember his mouth kind of hung open a little bit while he was yes. while he was playing? 
Um, I used to do that. Don't know why, but Richard Wright did. So I thought I'd do it. Um, and he was a brilliant goalkeeper, wasn't he? He was. I mean, Rich, I liked Richard a lot. I mean, we, we forget, of course, he played for England. I mean, this, this is a guy, you know, no, no, he reached the highest levels. Reached the highest levels. And of course, who remembers a 2000 penalty save? Oh, wow. Yeah. Wembley. Oh, gosh, yes. Good, good shout that, Andy. Good, good, yeah, good I was, I was so sad. I was so sad when he left, Mike. It was mm. always going to happen, wasn't it? Um, he was always going to leave at some point. But the, t- t- I think if he had stayed, the Ipswich might have stayed up. Yeah. I think they they mucked themselves about with goalkeepers after he left. He was so dependable for so long. He ne- never felt like he made a massive error. There was obviously the kicking incident on the, the dibbited pitch at, at Birmingham in the League Cup. But you never felt like there was going to be a big a big problem. Um, he was just so dependable, and then they went to Sereni and, and Andy Marshall, and between them, between them, they just they just had a bit of a mess of a mess mm. of a season. And I think that contributed um, to them going down. But yeah, Richard Wright, Richard Wright's um, Richard Wright's my number one. I loved. I, I can I keep talking about goalkeeper? Is this all right? You cap, my friend. You, we've got all day. Have we all day? Great. Um, I, I loved. What I really loved was his his kind of battle with with Nicky Weaver as kind of like the young the young guns. Do you know what they reminded me of? Are you have you played Street Fighter on the Mega Drive, Mike? Are you aware? I think of okay, uh, we'll carry on. Many people yeah. would have done. There's two characters on Street Fighter, right, called <laughs> Ryu and Ken. And they're both these two kind of Japanese styled martial arts guys. They all do the same moves. They're completely um they're almost identical in in their abilities. But one of them you kind of root for, and the, I thought Ryu was the one that you you root for, and Ken was a bit like, ah, what's the point of Ken? So Richard Wright was my Ryu, and Nicky Weaver of Man City was my Ken. Um, they were meant to be the next England number one for ten years, and neither of them, no. neither of them managed that in the end. No. Um, mainly because David Seaman just never packed it in, did he? No, Messed he Richard didn't. Up. He didn't, and of course, Richard went off to Arsenal. Things they were really sort of things they really worked out really from that point on. It was a shame, really. Been another decade at Ipswich Town. Who knows what he might have achieved? But um, that's a good move for him, was it, to move? But uh, yeah, big loss. It was mm. a big loss when he went. Yeah, so he's he's my number one. Excellent. Well, that's a great well, that's a great start. I mean, that's, right, well, it's the end of the podcast. We've been going about half an hour, but that's a, that. <laughs> we could do a goalkeeper one one day if you want, mate. We just talk. I could happily talk Ipswich Town goalkeepers for half an hour with you. Brilliant. Well, I think we ought to. We all get Ipswich Town goalkeeper on here to talk to you about Ipswich Town goalkeepers, Andy. I'd be up for that. I know you would. Um, right. So there you go. So they are Richard Wright. Richard Wright in goal. Well, what a great choice. I mean, how can you not have a, an England goalkeeper in goal for Ipswich Town? Fantastic stuff. So you talk, but you've then see so you've gone a bit left field with this formation. You see, and this is going to throw everybody with your three at the back. All these Ipswich Town wonderful defenders you've seen in your time, and you've gone for just three of them. Well, yeah. There you go. Well, the first one, the right-sided one. Sure, he wouldn't if this was a best eleven. He wouldn't be even close. But this is my favourite players, isn't it? Yes, it is. Janoi Danassian. Oh, absolutely understandable. Completely understandable, Andy. I absolutely just, I, understandable. I just love... I. He is the most fascinating football player, kind of journey-wise, that I've ever known at Ipswich. It's been absolutely ridiculous. His His journey to being... Finally, four years after signing, mm. he's finally like a, a permanent fixture. Like he should, all things being equal, he'd have been gone three times in there. 
signed signed from Accrington, but they then realised they couldn't they couldn't sign him full time straight away because of his work permit issues. So he, he went on loan. By the time by the time they ultimately were able to make that permanent and paid the seven hundred fifty grand, Paul Lambert had decided he didn't want him and would quite happily have pulled the plug on that deal. They couldn't. So within a week of paying seven hundred and fifty grand for him, they loan him back to the team they bought him from. <laughs> then he ends up having a bit of a, a in and out of the team, always doing okay in that time. Um, but then, then he goes out on loan to Fleetwood again, and you think he's done. And then he comes back. Everyone else has been sold, and he's like, "Yeah, we will, we will have a look at you, Janoy, because we've not seen you, but there's every chance you're going to go." Then he's second in the Player of the Year voting. It's out, it's outrageous. I always thought, Andy, when every, every time Denassin suddenly popped up on the team sheet, which was like once every sort of 12 games, suddenly his name would appear there. Every time he played, I sat there at Portland Road or wherever he was and thought, well, what? He's a good, this bloke's having yeah. another solid game. He had a solid game every, I don't remember him making huge ricks or muck ups. I thought, why does this guy not get a, not get a look in them before obviously now he's getting a big look in? So, yeah, good shout, Andy. Good shout. So, so he's in, and that might raise a few eyebrows. But it's favourite eleven. Favourite. Yes, I, I wish I wish I'd said favourite eleven about fifteen times in my piece because I said I, I never did, and everyone thought it was my best eleven, which included. Well, never mind. That's that's me gone. Anyway, Andy. So Danassian's in. Who's he alongside? Right, the man. The man in the middle is an absolute titan of a man, Tony Mowbray. Um, oh. As solid a man, I think you as you will ever find. Um, brilliant defender. Um, just everything you'd want in a football player, I think. Um, an absolute ox. Um, my, I was very young when Ipswich signed him, so kind of I, I remember Ipswich signing him. I remember him coming into the team, but what I really remember him for is coming back into that playoff winning team, probably around October time. He'd, he'd basically retired, hadn't he? He was coaching. Yeah. He'd basically retired. Things weren't going particularly well. And George Burley sort of pressed the emergency button and brought in a 38. See, I thought he was like 38 or 39. He was only 36. That's I'm 36 this year. I know. But at the time, I was looking at him thinking they brought the old boy back. But <laughs> that's me now. Um, but um, but yeah, he, he changed that team. And to score in that game his last professional game to score um, such an important goal in it was, was amazing. So um, I've been fortunate enough to meet Tony since, um, and he's a wonderful man. He's been really generous with his time to me over the last few years. And um, just a bit sad. The stars have never aligned for him to, to come and manage the club because it felt, it felt like it should have happened. Didn't it? Do you think at some point, I I don't know if they ever will, um, but, but it just feels like the stars have never quite lined up. He's been in work when town have needed managers. He's been out mm. of work when town have had solid managers and it's never quite worked out. But I know, I know very well that, that Tony loves Ipswich town and everything that Ipswich mm. town um, did and meant to him. Mm, absolutely. Of course, that video you did of the Wembley 2000 listed to Tony Mowbray on there. You just, you get that Ipswich town love, don't you? It meant a lot to him, yeah. his personal life and everything. Ipswich yeah. town gave him a huge, a huge uplift in what was a difficult time for him. So, um, yeah, but a great man. As you said, I remember interviewing him a couple of times as well when uh, when he was here. He was always 
real gentleman, you know, as footballers, footballers going to be a bit scatty and all over the place and a bit sort of, or, you know, he was so solid, wasn't he? A, a person. Oh, yeah, oh, he's, proper. He's so yeah, person. he still is. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Proper, proper man. He's mm. great man. And um, yeah, it's been brilliant, to, brilliant for the football club. Right, Donassian and Mowbray. And on the left, you have who? I assume he's on the left. You're not You're not having two on the right or some some strange formation, are you, Andy, that you know fans are going to go, well, what's he done? What's he done? Yeah, I've, I've stacked my centre-backs three on top of each other, so it's a very <laughs> skinny wall. No, on, on the left, I'm not sure he ever played in this system for Ipswich, but I think he would be absolutely perfect for it. Herman Horidison oh, on the left Herman side. Of, he, play, he played centre-back in a two, I'm sure. Played left-back played left back a lot um but in that kind of left sided of a back three I think he would he would be perfection in that role um I loved Herman I was in the year below his um stepson at school when he came over here so I I I kind of gravitated towards him a little bit we used to play football together at lunchtime he wasn't very good but but Herman was and um he was brilliant I loved how he would how high his knees would go up when he was running up and down the left side, almost up to his chest. Um, he could cross a ball. He was brilliant in the air. Um, yeah. Herman Horidison, I think, would be a brilliant left side option in a back three. And, of course, he's, uh, he's famous um, flying off into the North Stand, which, of course, we, we, we I mean, I always thought, I don't know if I, I was never in the North Stand at that time. There's people listening to this probably were who actually caught him. There's probably people listening to this who actually caught him as he hurled himself in the North Stand. Was that game against Bradford? I can't remember. Mike. Yeah, he didn't even score, Mike. It wasn't even no, his goal. No, it wasn't his goal, was it? He just decided, <laughs> I'm taking off. Now, someone listening to this podcast must have caught him because he, he was, it, it was, it was what you call the floating, he was just floating on the fans. Wasn't it? it was a wonderful moment. Mm, brilliant. Yeah, that, that's the kind of the iconic image of Herman Horidison, wasn't it? He deserves um, to be in any fan's favourite team for that yeah. alone. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, he was he was he was great, and another one that it was a a real shame that he he kind of came to an end. As it, he was one of the ones that had to be sold off on the cheap in a, the administration mm. times. Mm. Um, that was that was a sad moment, but mm. he's in my team anyway. Quite right, excellent. Well, so good. So we got Wrighty, we got Danassian, we got Mowbray, and we've got Horidison. So we go into the midfield. We go into the the sort of the era, the playmakers or the grafters, whatever you want to call them, Andy. I mean, you've gone for five, so I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of a talent and all sorts in here. Mm. Well, it's, well, yeah, it is actually a midfield four because I I couldn't really allow the the attacking midfielders ended up being another striker. So it's a midfield. What do you want? Do you want the width? Do you want width, or do you want my my middle pairing first? Wow. What, what? What? Are you more? Are you more a width man, or are you more sort of? Do you, do you like what, the center of the park? The, the, oh, the grunting in the center of the park. What, I appreciate that. I need to have some width in this team. But yeah. if I could, if I could have played with four, um, if I could have played with four central midfielders in this, I would have done because that's yeah, that's something I really appreciate. But. There was one name that was always going to be going to be on here in the middle, um, and I've got another prop. No. Oh, of course. If you're watching, if you're if you're listening to this on audio, boom. By the way, and you'll think to yourself, "What's Andy Warren doing?" Because he keeps telling us he's got these props, and we can't hear. He said, "Well, I'll tell you what he's doing now, shall I?" He's holding up Matt Holland eight shirt. What a legend! What a shirt! I couldn't I couldn't not I couldn't not pick Matt. I'm afraid. Um, Captain Fantastic, um, all-round good midfield player. 
um, was obviously massive in the in the team that ended up getting promotion and then the team that that finished fifth in the league and he was he was brilliant absolutely loved Matt Holland everything you would want a captain to be I think um, both in terms of his play and in terms of how he kind of represented the club and the image that that, that gave off um, he's obviously still involved in the club again now he's on the board of the community trust which is a great thing because um, I'm delighted to report that he is indeed the exact bloke you would hope he mm. was because yeah, so often people aren't aren't they they're not um... he comes over it comes over it goes when you used to go around clapping the fans after you think what a nice guy he is he, i wonder if he really is a nice guy um well mm. he is he is a yeah, nice guy and he's, he is. he's a fantastic man and and i think do you know what i'm going to say something controversial here and do you agree with this one do you think he's a little bit underrated do you think fans didn't appreciate how good he was because there's another guy who played in the world cup for republic of ireland led it to the premiership you know, um, captain that team, Burley's team for all those years, you know. And I still yeah. I think, I don't know if he was he underrated. Did people underrate him a little? I think he, I think he probably was underrated. I, th- I think most people were probably pretty sure that he was a really, really important part of that team. Mm. But he didn't necessarily kind of get that get the headlines did he which is that's, which is... that's where I, exactly that's where i'm coming from it wasn't yeah he didn't get the headlines like others did but that's because his mid- midfield partner was jim mcjilton who yeah. who who grabbed the headlines and yeah. made sure that he was kind of the focus of attention then obviously you've got marcus stewart scoring the goals yeah, and, exactly. and, yeah. and other players other players like that he he probably didn't want the headlines no. um, he was he's, he's, he's a fantastic guy matt holland right brilliant brilliant first choice of your midfield andy yeah now this was this is where this is where I, I had a real deliberation here. Because I love Jim Magilton, Mike. Me too. He was a great, great player. Mm. Passing ability to die for. Um loved I loved the fire that was in him. <laughs> but there's a midfielder that I loved more. And it's Tommy Miller. Ah. Yes. He's my Tommy Miller is my kind of midfielder, proper box to box engine arrive late in the box to to score to slam the ball home penalties it was almost perfect from the spot um so he's my partner for matt holland mm. not jim i've had to i've put tommy in and um it took me a while to get there but that's what my heart was constantly telling me mike every time it's like mm. oh my head says jim mcjilton but follow your heart very solid Tom. player, very solid player, Tommy Miller. Very solid player. Scored lots of goals. I mean, I know a lot of penalties were in that, but it's not the point. He scored them, and and yeah, again, someone else you'd look back in time and think, did he really get the? Did he really get sort of the ad- adulation that he should have done? Because su- such a solid, solid, good player. Yeah, good choice, good choice, Andy. Yeah. I think Jim Jim will obviously be upset if he's watching this. Obviously, of course he will because he gets he'll get upset because I remember once interviewing him and asked him how many caps he'd won for Northern Ireland. I mean, he'd won, to which he replied, have one? Are you suggesting I'm not going to win anymore? That was, that was this. And then <laughs> they, proceeded to, they proceeded to get me in yeah. a headlock and headlock and ask me, oh, so I'm not going to get any more then. I said, Jim, I'm a Jim. It was only just how many. Got <laughs> anyway, so I yeah, can so imagine Tommy, that. Tommy Miller, brilliant. So Matt Mulholland and Tommy Miller in there. Um, well, not much width at the moment, Andy. I don't know if we're going to go for any width in the end, are we? We'll have to see what's coming up next. We, we are because there's a big part of me that thinks that this team needs to be functional as well. Cause I couldn't just play. If I'd really wanted to, you'd end up putting like 
strikers at left back just because you want them in the team. So this the fun for me, the fun in this game is making this team functional as well. Um, so my right sider is from a slightly different era to the others, slightly earlier side of things. Um, it's Mickey Stockwell oh, Mickey, yeah. as my right sider, um, who I think I've probably seen Mick Stockwell play every position on the pitch, <laughs> right back, right midfield. I think I've seen him play up front before. Um, but he's one of my earlier Ipswich, Ipswich Town memories is Mickey Stockwell. Um, I used to love him kind of scuttling and shuffling up and down the right side, um, working as hard as anybody in football. Um, and he was a proper workhorse. But the real reason, the real reason he's made it into this team is an encounter I had with him when I was still at primary school. Because guess what? Pray, pray tell. Me and Mickey Stockwell and Neil Thompson as well opened a bottle bank together. Oh, wow. Would you believe that? Yeah, I know. Weren't expecting that, were you? No. Well, we need more. You can't just you can't leave it at that end. Was it in a pub? Was it a pub somewhere? It was in a pub. Do you remember if I said to you the Golden Key pub? Yes. Yeah. The Golden Key. Woodbridge Woodbridge Road. Yep, it's a Sainsbury's now. It's a little Ah. Sainsbury's now. Um, But at school, at primary school, St John's Primary School. Good stock there, Mike, isn't it? Stock. I went there. Yes, we went there, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we had a little, there was a little competition where you had to, um, I think it's probably run by the council or something where you had to, it was all about recycling and learning about recycling and you had to do a bit of art to kind of represent that or something. And somehow with a significant amount of help from my mum, my, my bit of art about recycling bottles was picked out as the winner and the prize was to open the bottle bank. Uh, and cut the ribbon and put the yeah. first bottle in. So I did that. And um, Mick Stockwell and Neil Thompson were involved as well. And, and Mick Stockwell lifted me up so I could cut the ribbon of the of the bottle bank and put the first bottle in. Um, yeah. Now, I've searched our newspaper archive so many times for this picture because I know it was in the paper, but I yeah. cannot find the picture anywhere. But that picture does exist um, of me and Mick Stockwell opening a bottle bank together so you see now this 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 is why it's people's favorite <laughs> you see this is what it's all about you see these type of stories big stock has got to be in your favorite 11 with that story one absolutely wonderful story that is andy i mean oh, Mickey Stockwell, as you said, played everywhere. I mean, I wonder if people, there must be, there's obviously people listening and watching this who saw him score, I think he scored two at Wimbledon up front yep. one, one, one Tuesday night or something. In, that red, in the red kit. In, in the that. red kit, exactly. I mean, that was Mickey Stockwell. Wherever you played him, you got 110%. And, and also, he opened bottle banks. I mean, this was the thing. I mean, back in the, you know, we're all green now, aren't we? We're all recycling this and recycling. Mickey Stockwell and Andy Warren were years ahead of the game. And Neil Thompson. Let's I, I haven't included Neil in this team and I and I feel bad for it. But he must get he must get the credit for the bottle bank incident because he was involved too. Neil Thompson, what a left foot he had. Mm. I just anyway. I just I I don't quite have the footballing memories of him to mm-hmm. to be able to because Mick Mick Stockwell went on that little, little bit longer at Ipswich. Um 
So that's why Mick's made my team and, and Neil Thompson hasn't, because I haven't quite got the same level of, of memories of watching him play. He couldn't make this team on bottle bank stuff alone, Mike. No, he had no you can't. No, you have to draw a lot. There has to be some footballing sort of, sort of part to your favourite eleven. You can't just pick personalities on, on bottle banks and stuff. No. Excellent. <laughs> so there we go. So that's a midfield. That's a, that's a midfield. That's a, that's a terrific uh, midfield there, uh, Andy. Um, you what, need one more, though. You need a left no, side. It's, it's getting, I know. I know. I, I can't wait. It's... it's Carry on. I know, it's, it's enthralling, isn't it? Right, Come this on. one is shoehorned in a little bit because this uh, isn't really his role in the team, but he is a midfielder. Um, Sixto Peralta. <sighs> I loved him. Proper street footballer, a, a brawler, a baller. Um, only one season, but he he was great to watch. Could he play the left-sided role? I think you'd probably be in the current Ipswich uh, predicament of today where you're not sure that he's completely the man for that for that role. But Horidison is going to be so good in in his position that there's a bit more freedom. This is my justification. There's a bit more freedom for Peralta to play from the left because of Horidison's presence. So, um, yeah, Sixto, Sixto Peralta makes it in. Very popular player, Andy. Sixto Peralta was, like you said, he wasn't here very long, but I know a lot of people who might actually nudge into the people's favourite 11s because he, he just had a little orb. He's curly, with his curly black hair. Yeah. And he's, he's charging around the pitch. And, and he, yeah, he was street football. A very good description of him, I think. That's exactly what he was. Good. What happened to him, Andy? Do you, can you, do you know? Did he go, was he, is it, was he come from Inter or somebody? What, where yeah. Was he so he was on, I've, I've, if you go and find it on our website, Mike, there is oh. a, I, I've, in the last few years, I've had a, long in-depth chat with Sixto oh. about what happened after Ipswich but what what happened after Ipswich was I went back to Inter um he left his car he was hoping to come back and play in the in division one after relegation and as a result he left his car in the car park um, what at Portman Road at Portman Road and everyone there was so many people walked past like, that's Sixto Peralta's car he's coming back he's coming back but sadly, they couldn't get the they couldn't get the deal done, and um, he had to say. I think he said said he sent his dad over to drive it back to Italy for him, or a friend, or something, and that did eventually go. He ended up playing in Romania for quite a long time. Do you remember, sort of in the mid two thousands, a Romanian club team Cluj yes, uh, had yeah. had a fair fair crack at the Champions League. Champions League, yeah. He was in that team, ah. so he he had a good a good amount of Champions League football. Then he went back to South America. I think he played for River Plate for a bit did the rounds of some of the bigger bigger clubs in a few different south american countries and he's he's um i think he was getting when i was speaking to him he was just beginning to think about getting into coaching so mm-hmm. he had a very good career after after part he left your, part of your favorite 11 andy wonderful a, a big honor for him Fan, wonderful fantastic so there we are so there's andy's midfield um i mean andy just take us through where we're up to then with your team name name this name us the team we're up to at the moment before we get into the strikers Okay, so we've got eight eight in place. We've got Richard Wright in goal, a back three of Janoi Danassi and Tony Mowbray and Herman Horidison, eclectic mix there, mm-hmm. and then a midfield four of Mick Stockwell, Tommy Miller, Matthew Holland, and Sixto Peralta. That's where we're at. Fantastic, I like it. It's a it's a it's a team of entertainers as well. There's no doubt about that. Some entertainment there, isn't there, Andy? No doubt. Whatsoever. Oh, there's more to there's more to come. Don't you my worry goodness. about that. Oh my goodness! I mean, if you if you're watching, listen to this. You want to go and get yourself a cup of tea before we get into the final the final throws of the strikers. Just just put us on pause and go and make yourself a cuppa because this is going to be good. We now go into the final the final throws of who's going to bang in all those goals. Well, see, Matty Holland used to score a lot of goals, and Tommy Miller's obviously going to take the pens. So we're well covered in that department. But strikers, Andy. 
Right, we've got three strikers. I think two of these are both kind of capable of dropping a little bit deeper and, and creating a little bit. Two of them are um, both capable of scoring goals as well. So I'm going to start with the one that I've got a prop for. Another prop? Yep. Wow. Oh, yes. If again, friends, friends, if you're on audio, so you can't see what Andy is handing, holding up a video. Obviously, you can. I'm going to tell you, it's only a Pablo Canago number nine signed shirt. This the, extraordinary! What a prop that is, Andy. Pablo, ole, 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 Pablo, Pablo. What a player! He is a unique football player. I have never seen anybody else play the game still the way that Pablo Cunhago does. Back to goal, so strong. And the ev- it's quite easy to read in some ways, but in, it's also quite hard to stop just the twisting, the turning. He would he would get his back to a striker and try and turn them, uh, ev- um, to a defender, sorry, at every opportunity, try and turn them and twist and, and cause trouble. And I absolutely loved watching Pablo play. He was unique. His first touch was brilliant. His control was brilliant. Um, and I want my team to get the ball into Pablo's feet. And then I want his very good friend, Tommy Miller. They're still very close, those two, to get up uh, close and have the ball laid back to him and lash it into the back of the net. That is a route to goal for this team. But um, there was no doubt whatsoever that Pablo Cunhago would um, would make it into my favourite Ipswich Town eleven. Good shout that. Coventry at home. I didn't. Coventry I wasn't there for that. Yeah, I wasn't there for that oh. because there, I do have this, and th- this team reflects that. I do have this little kind of dark period in my Ipswich Town watching, <laughs> um, watching life, which was in kind of university days where, um, where I was living in Leicester at the time. Um, I got back to quite a lot of games, to be fair, probably more than I should have done. But then I started working in in sports journalism. My first job was I did rugby union, covering Worcester Warriors in the rugby premiership and then then Swindon Town. So that took me from like 2008 to 2015, doing the combination of those two. And that that little period is a a dark period in my Ipswich Town watching career. But I don't... Pablo would already have been in on the strength of his his prior work before his second spell anyway. Well, you might be able to help me out, Andy, here, because I can't fully remember this Coventry story, but it was something like, I think it was a ridiculous game where Coventry equalised in like the 95,000th minute or yeah. something, like 20 minutes of extra time, and everyone is pouring out of Bournemouth they're fed up. And from the kick-off, Pablo goes up the other end, he come, I think he might have come as a sub, and just whacks it in the back of the net within like 20 seconds of the kick-off. Yeah. And all hell has let loose. It was it's out- what, outrageous. It was an outrageous game. I think yeah, Connor Wickham Connor Wickham was involved in that at yeah. some point, I think. And it was this funny little scooped, chipped finish yeah. over the yeah. top. And um, I remember it in absolute chaos because so many people had gone home so fed up. Did Comfrey score too late? I can't remember the football. My memory's not as good as it was, Andy. But, I mean, obviously people watching this will know the game we're talking about. Pablo, what a man. So he's in yours. Right. He's... Can I interrupt? The goal of Coventry's goal was scored by Richard Wood, who ridiculously played against Ipswich. A month ago, he's still going with Rotherham. Really? Gosh, Blimey, how long ago was that then? That must Gosh, have been must... oh. 15, 18 years ago. Yeah, yeah. late 2000, uh, 2000, I don't know, 2008, 2009, maybe. Blimey. Okay, so there you go. Pablo's in. We, we've got two more to fill, Andy. 
Shefki Kuchi. Huh. Again, I've never I've never seen a player play the game the way that Shefki Kuchi does, and I don't know if that's a compliment or not. I think it is. Um, another unique football player who, let's cut to the chase, wasn't very gifted. But my <laughs> word, he made up for it with heart and desire and occasionally pulling something out, which was incredible, uh, incredible finish now and again and I loved watching him he'd chase a, a chase a plastic bag around Port, around Portman Road if you needed him to um and part of a team that was so entertaining under Joe Royal um I couldn't not have have Shefki in this team I'm afraid because he's a showman um but the most unlikely of showmen mm. oh, well what a great he's a great he, he was he was a showman and it's absolutely right his swallow dives were just extra hand earth he bounced off his chest in the in the way he did I mean, oh, it's just a wonderful player, wonderful player, thoroughly. Always, I always enjoyed Shefki because, as you said, he had a good. It was with Benty. He was up front with Benty, wasn't he? Yeah. And and they had to, it's a wonderful combination. Everyone talks about combinations, and there was one, and it was yeah. It's a, it's a but such an player. unlikely one as well, right? Yes. Like Darren Bent and Shefki Kuchi <laughs> don't feel like natural bedfellows in terms of partnerships. But you chuck Tommy Miller into this as well. I'm going to use a big word here, a big word that I like. Triumvirate. Good grief. Yeah, that's where we're at. Those three operating as a three in that 04-05 season were, were unreal. And they all left at the end of that season, as all three of them. I think Shefki went to Blackburn, Tommy went to Sunderland, and Darren Bent got sold to Charlton. And that mm. was a killer for me, that that was very, very sad. Great player, Shefki. Of course, he was back at Portman Road recently, wasn't he? We just, um, chatting, chatting on the PA, which was yeah. last year. Probably. And he threw his hat into the management ring, didn't he, Andy, for, for town? Yeah, yeah. He's. Um, I think he, he's he has managed in Finland. He's managed some big, big yeah. clubs in Finnish, um, in the Finnish game. Um, but he's very, very keen to get cracking in England, in England as as a manager. I think he's finding it quite difficult to get the break, but. Um, Having spoken to Shefki about management and how he sees things, he's a, he's actually a really impressive bloke. Um, mm. The way he plays football would just watching him play football would lead you to believe that he maybe isn't the most kind of thoughtful, um, deep thinking man because his approach to playing the game was not deep and it wasn't a thinking man's game. But he is, um, and he's actually quite an impressive guy when you talk to him about this kind of thing. So, so I hope somebody gives him a crack at, at mm. some point um, because, because I think he could do, I think he could do a good, I think he could do a good job. I don't think it will be at Ipswich. Um, I think he'll obviously, he's going to need to go somewhere and, um, and show what he can do, but I really hope he gets a chance at some point. And if you're um, KOA fans or who love our podcasts, I need like our podcasts. If you uh, flip back through to a Kevin Horlock podcast here on our, our YouTube channels here, um, Kevin Horlock told you a very interesting story about Shefki Kuchi and how it almost finished his career. Well, it almost practically did, um, not in a nasty way, in a very funny way. You'll, 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 you'll love the story. So go and find Kevin Horlock's podcast. And play it through and listen to the Shefki Coochie story if you haven't already. All right, Annie, so there you go. So there's two. There's two of your three. Uh, I use the word triumph, I can't say it. So you, there's three more. Obviously, there's three up front and there's try, try, I can't use what is it? Try, triumvirate. Brilliant. So who's the third man? Marcus Stewart. Oh, 
don't really need to say an awful lot more about that. Um, walking in a Stuart Wonderland. Um, the gloves, the goals, the moments. Um, yeah, had had to have had to have Marcus in there. Um, just how he didn't play, how he didn't get an England call up. Some of the players that have been capped for England in the last in the in the twenty years since he should have been is is outrageous. Some of the players, some of the so, there's so few games you have to how little you have to prove sometimes to get an England cap. Um, has really it's really annoyed me over the years. But um, Marcus scored nineteen Premier League goals in a season. And, and wasn't even called up, which is which is outrageous. Shame on you, Sven Jordan Eriksson. Yeah, it was outrageous. Who was it? Jimmy Floyd Hasbank ahead of him, was he? I think I think I can't remember. But but mm. he was top English man. And yeah, it seems extraordinary that a guy who's English guy who scored most goals in the Premiership can't even get a call up, let alone a cap. Mm. Didn't even get in the, didn't get a call didn't up. Didn't even get in. Just to, you know, he should at least have had a, the decency to train in the squad because he's a very intelligent player, very intelligent. He didn't just score goals, intelligent player, Marcus Stewart. Well, so we all loved him. He's um, um it's, the, it's funny. The, I always think of Marcus Stewart. He wasn't here a long time, but no. the impact he made was massive, wasn't it? Two and a, it wasn't even two and a half years, no. really. Well, yeah, it was. Yeah, he. You, you forget that, don't you? The, yeah. It it felt like it felt like long because he went very quickly after relegation. They they had to sell him. Um. Went went to Sunderland, of course, but his it was his movement that was the big thing. The clever movement um, was ahead of the game in his head, and um, with the right players around him um, who knew what who knew what he was going to do, he he was just so dangerous to to anybody. Some of the goals he scored were were, were brilliant. The one at Anfield to win there, mm-hmm. um, the hat trick at Southampton. Um, I remember a, head, a header at home to Arsenal in the Premier League. Um, was a really good one. Left Seaman kind of flapping, going to the other corner, and then obviously the goals at, at Bolton in the in the playoffs, and then Barnsley at Wembley. He's um, what a man. Um, I always remember. Yeah. I always remember. I always remember at the time. It was one of the letters I, I, was, I was on the green. I was working on the grass. I was at the green at the time, um, and we, I always remember a letter coming because somebody, an Ipswich fan, sent a letter saying Ipswich have just spent. I think it's one point was it two point two five million or something on on Marcus Stewart from Huddersfield. What and so, he'd only been there for two weeks, and it's like, how we spend that sort of money on a, a da, 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 da. And I mm. had a letter come in from someone who supported Huddersfield, how they got all the green, it was before the internet back then. <laughs> and, um, and they said, Are you kidding me? They said, I've just read this letter from him. Are you, you have gone absolute bargain for two million pounds? This guy will score you 20 goals nearly every season, he'll work his and he actually describes Stuart to a T, and that's how it turned out, which was which was wonderful. So there you go, Andy. So Andy, announce your eleven, please. Announce your eleven. So my favourite Ipswich Town eleven is Richard Wright in goal, a back three of Janoy Danassi and Tony Mowbray, Herman Horidison, a midfield four from right to left of Mickey Stockwell, Tommy Miller, Matt Holland, Sixto Peralta, and then some kind of front three system involving Pablo Cunhago, Shefki Kuchi, and Marcus and Marcus Stewart. I think I'm going to let Shefki just do just be Shefki. Mm. He, he, he can just run and do what he wants, yeah. and then maybe Pablo and and Marcus. Um, Pablo will be in the middle and be kind of like the pivot man. Marcus and him, I think, could link up quite nicely. And Shefki can just do what he wants. Just he's the legs up there, and he can charge <laughs> a, charge around. But that's my uh, that's my favourite Ipswich Town eleven. I'd pay to watch them. So would I. I. I would pay to watch that all day long. What, a, what that's a, that's an outrageously exciting and fun team, a real fan based fun team. But look, I mean, but 
Now, we're going to have some, we'll have some substitutes and we're going to have the manager. In what order do you want to go? Andy, do you want to just re- very quickly reel off your substitutes and then we'll finish with the manager? Yeah. Well, if I tell you my substitutes, if there's any of them you particularly want to explore further, you tell me. So my substitutes are Kelvin Davis, Thomas Gardso, Chris Makin, Jim Magilton, Darren Curry, Danny Haynes and James Scowcroft. Brilliant. You're holding up a guardsy. A guard, guardsy, did it say? Guardzo. You've got a guardzo shirt. Guardzo shirt as well. Well, seeing as, again, if you're watching this, if you're listening to this, and, and that, you didn't have mentioned Darren Curry. You didn't mention yeah, Darren I did. Curry. Oh, did you? Sorry, I wasn't yeah, yeah, listening. Curry's on the bench. Davis, Guardzo, Makin, Magilton, Curry, Haynes and Scowcroft. You've got a big bench there, Andy, which Seven. is great. Seven on the bench. Darren Curry shirt held up as well. Thomas Gardzo. Well, I think uh, Darren Curry. Now, there's an interesting chap. Fine footballer. If ever I saw one. A fine, fine crosser of the ball. Really nice and tidy little bit of wing play. Yep. And gave us people on the slower end of the spectrum hope that they could still enjoy sport because he was very slow. But he, it didn't really, it didn't cause him trouble. Um, Chris Makin is one I'd like to talk about, if that's all right, quickly. Absolutely. Because... If I'd been playing with proper fullbacks, I'd have probably put him in because I thought he was so solid. Yeah, nothing more, nothing less. Had a bit of devilment in him as well. Um, I really liked him. Gardso, I loved Gardso. Really smooth, silky centre back. I think he reminds me a, a bit Wolfenden-y Yeah, in well, in yeah. some ways, I think those those two have got some quite good. Um, comparisons Danny Haynes as the impact sub or if they're playing if this team comes up against Norwich mm-hmm. and then um James James Scowcroft as well I really like James um I think he off- could offer something a bit different um and maybe didn't get the credit he deserved either mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. let's make up for that by giving him a place on the bench Fantastic. What a, what a, well, what a side, what a side, what a subs bench. Now this, this team requires a manager. This team requires someone to, to, to let their, let them, their free flowing juices flow over the pitch. Who's the man in the dressing room is going to, who's going to, who's going to let them just play their game. Only, only one man really. It's, it's got to be George, George Burley. Um, Had George Burley not been the Ipswich town manager doing, Built, building the team the way that he did, I don't think I would have. Um, I don't think Ipswich Town would have meant what it does to me now. Um, he he built in front of our eyes and um, just just got a team of a team of sort of le- legends, really in my in my lifetime anyway. Um, brought them together and and achieved achieved something um, achieved something brilliant. So George George Burley gets the nod, but the only other one that I gave real real consideration to would be Joe Royal, um, who that team was so entertaining, yeah, so entertaining. We talked yeah. about a lot of his players in there, but yeah. it was so entertaining. But um, I'd have I'd have Joe involved as well. I don't know if if Joe would want to be George's assistant, but if he, uh, I'm not sure that's I'm not sure Joe Royal would do that, but. Um, mm. If they fancy well, they doing be, it they together, joint, they, can. they could be joint managers. But they, they can. But let, it's George. George. It's yeah. George. It's got to yeah. be George. That's brilliant. Well, what a team. Well, I mean, I, I don't know if you want to go through it once more. Do you, Andy? Do you want to read it again, or do, let's read it? Let's read it nice and slowly with the subs and the manager, just to finish off okay. a wonderful. It's been lovely to talk to you, Andy. It's, it's just been a delight. Wonderful memories of some of these players. Now, thank you for letting me um, 
open my mouth, show off my shirts and spout spout out my team. So in goal is Richard Wright, a back three of Janoi Danassian, Tony Mowbray, Herman Horidison, a midfield of Mickey Stockwell, Matt Holland, Tommy Miller and Sixto Peralta and a front three of Shefki Kucci, Pablo Cunhago and Marcus Stewart. And on the subs bench? And on the bench is Kelvin Davis, Thomas Gardso, Chris Makin, Jim Magilton, Darren Curry, Danny Haynes and James Scowcroft. All managed by? Sir George Burley. Brilliant. Andy, it's been lovely talking to you about your favourite Town 11 and really, really interesting. We'll do more of these throughout the summer, guys guys and girls and folks, and I hope you enjoy listening to them. Um, yeah, Andy, thank you ever so much. We'll let you get back now to the to the current plight of Ipswich Town and you know they've got plenty of stories to try and find for us. But uh, Andy, thanks ever so much. I hope you enjoyed uh, giving us your favourite 11. I certainly did. Thank you very much, Mike. From true crime to football, Brexit to football. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon. Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.